0: Guys, beer, sports, join Sean and Brad as they talk about sports and share a beer, from the east coast of Canada to the west coast of the United States, over to you boys. Hey
1: everybody, Guys Beer Sports, we are missing Brad today, but that's okay, he's gone off to get his shot for COVID, lucky son of a gun. Anyways, uh, we have my good friend here, Blaine Potvan from the Habs Unfiltered podcast. He's going to be filling in. Plus, on top of that, he's just a very valuable guest. I've been actually really anticipating his arrival onto this podcast here in order to talk to him. Why don't you say hi there, Blaine? Hey, guys.
2: It's, uh, hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on. It's a a pleasure to be here, and uh, I hope your ratings don't drop by too much for having me.
1: Of course not. Of course not. If anything, um... I don't know. I think uh, we have a lot of fans out in Quebec anyways into the Montreal area. So I'm imagining that they're going to be anticipating you probably launching a few uh, Scud missiles my way, I would imagine there. So I don't know why I said Scud missiles company. Probably because you're the Habs. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, if anything deserves to be uh, have a missile launched at it, it is the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: <laughs> I can't even say anything about that. First thing, I want to say thank you to our sponsors, Flyers out in Whitby Island and Oak Harbor, Washington. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, The counters reset to we have another 300 and somewhat days before there's another St. Paddy's Day. But, hey, it must have been really good there last week. So that's awesome. Secondly, uh, Old biddies out here in Sackville. I am drinking their even gooder coffee brown. Super great. Go pick them pick some up right now. I think right now the special of the day till Monday will be the seven day IPA. Uh, it's pretty cheap. I think it's like $12 right now. So it's $5 off of a growler. So definitely worth, worth uh, checking out there. And it's lower Sackville. you're around that area there. Aren't you Blaine?
2: Yeah, I go through lower sackville quite a bit. I might've uh, partaken in some of their products.
1: It's actually pretty darn good. I, uh, I'm actually quite Impressed at what they've been doing there, and now I think they just hit into some of the uh, liquor stores there. So I'm hoping them a lot of success on that. Man, so before I got on here, you were telling me because here's the thing, Blaine. Blaine, Blaine is what I want to be. I always think to myself, when "Wow, I'm there, you got to set your your standards a lot higher." <laughs> so Blaine is not only just like me, a member of the Royal Canadian Navy. Um, he is also. This is moonlighting my friend this is awesome. You're a staff writer for the Hockey Writers and the recruits.ca. Plus yep. the host of Habs Unfiltered, plus Frequented on Sportsnet. I've seen you on Sportsnet in the background there with all the Hockey Writers and now I'm thinking to myself, "Man, man, this guy is talking to some people, he's doing some things. I got dirt on people, they let me around." <laughs> <laughs> Plus on top of that, you're you coaching as well. Your son's in the playoffs right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they got to play Shabucto tonight. So,
1: ooh, it's a Is big this game, a tough one, tough one.
2: No, I think the I think the boys will pull it out. Tassie usually uh, does pretty well against Shabucto.
1: There we go. There we go. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm expecting nothing but uh, wins there. Then Blaine, nothing but wins.
2: Well, I open and close the door with the best of them. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what's this big news you were telling me there? It just felt like you were flaunting it. Like, you know, I am uh waiting for my uh contact here. There's a big trade about to happen here in Montreal.
2: Yeah, so I had the uh the inside dirt on uh the Eric Stall trade to Montreal. Get so out of here. I just Whoa. I posted that just before the uh the team did. So
1: wow. Tell me that Montreal is not all in to go in there when I look at something well, like that.
2: I don't think an Eric Stahl trade is an all in trade. Uh st- he's he's kind of a bottom six center now, but he is exactly what the Canadians needed a veteran presence in the bottom six at center. The Canadians uh center depth has been much too young. So this is definitely gonna help the the team going forward. So he's gonna have a uh, seven day quarantine now with the new uh the new regulations. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So seven-day quarantine, two tests, uh, and he should be joining the team sometime, not this Sunday, but next.
1: Wow. Wow. And that's really, I mean, that's the the bottom half of this hump now of the season. Yeah. I think that how many points are they off from a playoff spot right now? They're it's in the playoffs right now. They are. They're in fourth. Are they still? Yeah. It's so weird the North Division because the the competition is so tight in there. Um I am one to believe, and I keep getting ragged on by Amer- my American friends and fans there that uh, basically that the championship does not go through the north, that it's going to go through somewhere like the east or something like that there, or possibly the west. But I think the next Stanley Cup champion is going to come out of the north. I'm looking at the hockey right now, and it is just blowing my mind. What do you? What's your opinion on that?
2: Well, there's some pretty strong teams in the North division. Uh, The top four in the division have started to create a separation now. Uh, So it's Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal. Uh, Those four are more than likely going to be the four playoff teams. And one of them is definitely in the final four. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every division winner is going to be there. So it's going to be one Canadian team for sure. Now, I'm not hundred percent sure a Canadian team is going to win because there's some pretty strong teams out there. You look at Colorado, Mm -hmm. that's a strong team. Um, Tampa Bay, Mm -hmm. even, even Boston, if they make the right moves in the next week, they could be a threat. Uh, mostly I'm going to hold off my Stanley cup pick until I see the final four and who's hurt and who's still playing.
1: Oh come on, Blaine! The Final Four—that's like yeah. so safe. That is so safe.
2: Well, with with everything going on, where you can't play among, uh, against the other divisions, yeah. and with COVID still being a major major issue, uh, there may even be teams that uh, that have to forfeit
1: series. So yeah. some teams may not play at all. Wow, you don't think that they're going to try to put it back into that, uh, like what they did over the summer for the right playoffs?
2: now? The plan is no bubble. They're going to play as they are now. Wow. So there's some there's some separation, some
1: quasi-isolation, but not a bubble. What happens to the Canadian division then? Will they have to go down to the States in order to accommodate all the travel?
2: Yeah, it looks that way. It looks like as if they're gonna have to travel to the United States to complete the playoffs.
1: That's insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's I I thought that they would probably go to a bubble situation just because of Canada, right? But with you stating that there, it, it kind of makes sense that why put everybody else through that? You could easily go into like a Florida, maybe perhaps play out there like the rest of our Canadian teams. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And so. there's some, uh, there's some American markets that allow fans into the, uh, the building. So they may be looking at that as a, uh, a method to generate more revenue. Oh, now, yeah, absolutely. The bubble may actually, may happen. There's an outside chance. But as of right now, that's not the, uh, that's not the words on the street that they're, they're looking to push.
1: Right. What was like, it was, it was strange in the North division to see games cancel this week due to COVID. Um, But having said that, that was the first time that has happened when you've seen it in abundance in the U S right. So, right. I mean, obviously it's, this is a real thing. It's happening right now. COVID is happening. It hasn't gone away anywhere. Uh but i honestly think for us to only having to deal with it for really postponing that one set of games and really pushing it to what the 28th is that it the 29th, 29th? so the the first game they should be able to play is on the 29th so that's not terrible really when you look no. at the whole entire thing about this
2: and uh they shut this down not because of the, the just because it was positive but it's the one player has a uh, a covid variant so it's the south african oh
1: variant no
2: so oh that is why gosh. they shut down.
1: That's scary stuff. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. It's <laughs> it's a lot is... more. Um, it's a lot easier to spread. So they they felt it's safer to just stop, uh, shut everything down and wait for the six day incubation period to
1: to pass. I got no problems with that. I got yeah. no problem with that. I don't even know how some of those teams are going to be finishing off the schedule out in the other places, but they've canceled games because there's, there's, there's been an abundance of that.
2: yeah. It's going to be very difficult to reschedule a lot of these games. In the case of the uh, the Montreal Canadiens canceled games, uh, the word from the GM in his press conference yesterday was that they're going to be rescheduling games through the season. So there's going to be games moved, not just for the Habs, but for every single team in the division. So every team's going to feel this, and it's going to be a lot more condensed.
1: Wow. Do you think if it gets bad enough that they might? pull off what they did last year with the round robin and everything in order to finish up games? Uh
2: No, I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think we're going to see a play in round as we saw last year. Um Worst case scenario, they'll just let the games go and they'll go by the uh, points percentage.
1: That's probably the more fair thing to do really. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the Habs got in that way. I just had to remind you of that. I'm well, sure. Yeah.
2: And they were the twenty fourth ranked team. Uh, they were brought in just because it was for TV revenue. It, it's it's all well known. However, once you're there, you're there, Listen. and they
1: won. They yeah. beat Pittsburgh. They did. So and my Leafs could not. Columbus. I hate Columbus. You know what? I have an excuse <laughs> for everything though. Boston. I hate Boston. This like I have an excuse for everything here. Um, yeah. I I found myself cheering for the Habs last year in the in the post. Well, I mean, it makes sense.
2: Uh, the Canadians won an, actually won a series in Toronto before Toronto ever could, so I can understand
1: that. <laughs> what am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting hearing Kyle Dubas come on. And basically saying that he's all in. Yep. like Sounds like he's trying to do a Masai Ujiri. Um, But it sounds like he wants more forwards. And I don't know if it's the forwards that's the problem as much as just the defense or the goaltending. It's like...
2: Well, uh, Toronto's defense, they're one of the better defensive teams in the division right now. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, they they are uh tj the addition of tj brody really solidified that defense um now personally i would think that they would go after a defenseman but they come they they lack the forward depth they let jimmy Vesey go yeah. on waivers and they brought up alex galchenyuk of all people
1: yeah, yeah.
2: And everyone, everything I've seen online from everybody I know who are Leaf fans, oh wow, he he back checked once, and oh boy, he looks really good in that one game, but he's done nothing that VC wasn't doing, and VC is actually a physical player on top of that. Right. So I can understand why Dubas wants to get some forwards because their depth at forward, if they get one injury, it hurts a
1: lot. Oh yeah, especially with like looking at Austin Matthews with the hurt wrist. And just seeing the way, you know, he was on a tear, like a tearing up the league pace with goals. And now since that wrist injury, or at least the knowledge of the wrist injury, um, it hasn't been quite the same. He's he's really fallen off. And, you know, with John Tavares, that's been suffering, trying to find the net, Nylander trying to suffering, finding the net. um, It makes it more and more difficult for sure. But I mean, you know, Zach Hyman's still finding that back of the net there. He's still doing all right. Jeez,
2: yeah, because he he plays a north south game. It's very simple. Go go straight to the net and crash in any garbage rebounds you can. It's it's <laughs> simple hockey, but it's effective.
1: Where do you think Taylor Hall is going to end up during this trade? <sighs> whoever who,
2: whoever gets him is probably going to end up first overall pick. So,
1: jeez, I don't know. He's
2: got that curse. The first overall curse. Uh, I was told this morning that the Canadians were in on him. Really? And yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. Now that they've gotten stall, uh, the cap is a major issue as well. So whoever does pick him up is going to have to shed a
1: shitload of cap
2: just to fit him in. Sign,
1: didn't he sign on the league minimum there to Buffalo? Like it wasn't much. No. I didn't think. No, one year, eight million. It was eight million eh oh that's yeah. not the
2: league minimum for sure <laughs> no
1: <laughs>
2: if it is I wish I was a hockey player yeah, professionally
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> one year eight mil yeah that's true and uh I mean wow what uh, I think Buffalo is expecting a lot more when you get somebody like Taylor Hall in there yeah but well
2: the whole season in Buffalo just it, it's it's almost a, it, it's a basically hockey's version of a dumpster fire Oh, it, oh, I cannot believe how horrible that year ended up for them. What's a 17 game losing skid
1: or has it increased since last? year? Probably seen? it's
2: it's, they're probably going to hit 20, 25 games before they win a game. They just, they're, they're playing so terribly.
1: And the thing is, you have a look at that lineup and there's no excuse for it. There really nope. isn't. It's a talented lineup. <laughs> yeah. A lot of really good individual
2: pieces, but as a team, they're not. I, I blame management in this because the ownership came in, they spent a ton of money. Uh, they thought, Hey, we just threw a bunch of money at all these guys problem solved, but then they fire GM after GM coach after coach. There's no, there's no steady voice. There's no calming effect. It's just constant chaos. Mm -hmm. And that's hard for the players to, uh, to wrap their heads around and perform in. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it it reminds me of Leafs of the late 80s. <laughs> yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> that was real bottom feeding then. It was like, oh, yeah, wow. that th- was th- That's
2: why Harold feeding. Ballard has a, uh, there's a statue of Harold Ballard in Montreal.
1: Hey. <laughs> You can't say stuff like that when I have a mouth of beer. I <laughs> Can't be saying stuff like that. I almost came out of my nose. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Can you? Im- Is that for real? Are you just pulling? No, the-
2: it's I'm making that
1: shit up. Yeah, but still, I mean, it sounds like something that Montreal would do. You know, I, I did see a paper mache
2: statue of Harold Ballard <laughs> put in front of the Bell Center one time.
1: <laughs>
2: but <laughs> nothing, nothing official.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs>
2: I had a lot of spare time on my hands during my ILP when I was in Montreal. Oh, there you go. (laughs) So I made a Harold Ballard statue.
1: (laughs) Old pow, how? Oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) um, I I did want to ask you a question, very, very Habs-related. What do you think would equal success for Mark Bergevin this year as the general manager? Um. Well, he started his
2: retool in uh, after the 2017 season, mm-hmm. and we've seen it edge a little bit. Last year's uh, bubble playoffs kind of set, uh, set a higher bar. So when he went into this past offseason, buying all those players, making those deals, the expectations went up. So for him to be successful this year, the Canadians have to win at least one playoff round.
1: One playoff round. Okay. That sounds that sounds realistic, especially for all the young talent that you have out there. Really, I mean, yeah. I was I was very fearful when I saw all that young talent coming up, and you knew that they could. They all have that tendency to put the puck in the back of the net. Yemi's great. Um, I've been I've been a fan since I seen him watching like watching it when I was living out there. It's all you could hear is Tony Marinero going on about Yami. So I'm just like, okay, Yami, I'll just follow this kid. Uh, he was only able to score at home; wasn't able to score on the road. I'm sure he's evened out his game since then. Yeah, but, a little bit more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but then you have all these other guys. Like Suzuki was honestly just a brilliant pickup. I'm sure nobody thought of it at the time. They all thought that he was a good prospect, but he looks yeah, he looks pretty solid. And then when you guys picked up Tyler Toffoli and uh, Anderson, that trade for Max Domi, I did question it at first, but He's a bigger player. He's pretty much Max Domi, just bigger. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And willing to play on the wing.
1: Yeah. 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 Max didn't want that. Eh? No. Yeah. What do you think is, uh, Drew, 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 with contract right now. What's that like right now over there? It's Mexico? got a couple more years at five and
2: a half mil. Okay. Um, that's but pretty what friendly. we're seeing. Yeah. It, it's, it's not that bad considering what he's, what he's providing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we've seen under, uh, Ducharme as he's taken over as the head coach is drew has elevated his game. He, he's playing a 200-foot game. He's he's actually winning board battles. He's generating a ton of offensive chances. Um, I, I know a lot of Habs fans are, are upset that he's not scoring enough, right. but he's actually third on on the team in points, and if he's not the one scoring, he's getting the assist. And, I mean, a goal and an assist are worth the same amount of points.
1: So Right. Does it
2: really matter if he's not scoring
1: enough? I know. That was pointed out to me with Johnny T because just like, you know, he does have points and it's like, yeah, he's just not scoring goals. And uh, yeah, you're right. He's still, he's still touching the puck and passing it to the right people. It's just. Yeah. It's just hard to watch it though. When you see somebody with that much talent on both, like both those guys, except Jonathan Tavares a little bit more. So just because of that price point that he's at. (laughs) And that's the
2: thing. The expectations go up, the more you get paid when you're over $11 million. Yeah. Yeah. The expectation is yes. You're going to get a lot of assists, but you're also going to score 40 goals. And if you don't, then it's a failure.
1: Even in the shortened season, I mean, uh, I think anybody getting over thirty-five to forty is going to be great.
2: Oh, in the yeah, no, season. in the shortened season, if you get uh, if you're at about twenty-five to th- to thirty goals, that you're elite.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's only like fifty-four games, right? So it's like yeah,
2: fifty-six games. Yeah,
1: fifty-six. Yeah, so I mean, that's not that's not a whole bunch of sampling size. Yeah, no. I got my buddy out in Lowell, Massachusetts. He keeps calling this a fake season. I think it's because his Bruins aren't doing so great. I don't know. But, uh, you know. Just spin same-
2: that wheel of Bruins excuses,
1: right? Well, that's it. I mean, he was saying the same thing with the NFL season as well. And that was because his Patriots turned to dust, right? So it's like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I kept I kept stating it. it doesn't matter. You put an asterisk beside it, whatever. It's still a championship they're still out there getting paid they're still out there scoring it still counts towards records you know uh no this is a season you know yep. and I, if anything i actually i've i've enjoyed i i hope they keep this this the way that they have it all set up i said that we're able to play the different teams but just ha- seeing edmonton that much more and seeing montreal that much more it just breeds that beautiful rivalry where you're just seeing this game now, where players can get right underneath other players' skins. Uh, fighting's up, uh, chippiness is up. It's it's gonna make for a great playoffs, I think. You know,
2: I I think so as well. But uh, <clears throat> don't get too attached. Um, yeah. There's not too many owners who want to have their teams playing games. Like if you're in the East, do you want your team playing 11 p.m. starts? And if you're in the West, you want your team having two PM starts.
1: Oh, Blaine, you have to make sense with this, don't you? (laughs) It's about the money. It's all about the money. (laughs) I was I was a little bit nervous when I saw the NHL go public taking that loan earlier this season. There.
2: Yeah, but uh, the TV deal they just signed with ESPN and (sighs) money. uh, Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna they've recouped everything there. uh, TV deal wise. Uh, they've got a. Uh, they're working on a deal with some betting sites. So yeah. I touched on that in the last episode of Habs Unfiltered. Once they get the officiating sorted out, betting sites will be more happy to sign up.
1: We'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that. Yeah. Um. It it, it was very interesting. The ESPN wanted back on board, and uh, honestly, I think ESPN can do the NHL wonders compared to what NBC was able to do. And not 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 to slight NBC either because I always liked listening to Doc Emmerich. I'm not a big fan of Pierre McGuire, but that's just me. I mean, it's not probably you know not everybody's everybody's cup of tea. It's just the way no. it is. But uh, ESPN, you know that that's going to get places. Like that's going into some countries that is just like oh ESPN. I'm going to watch this. You know. So to me, it was like it only made sense to do that. Yeah, I have no idea who the voices are going to be there you know it's hard to say we just know that's not going to be
2: jeremy roenick Mm. why do you say this (laughs) well he nbc fired him for inappropriate comments
1: yeah they also fired milbury there they thank god
2: (laughs) God. he was horrible (laughs) i don't know (laughs) he was a better gm than he was an announcer (laughs)
1: <laughs> Mike Milbury, he he GM the Islanders back in the day. I remember that into the ground. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, when the Leafs get bamboozled with the Wendell Clark trade, it's like, <laughs> yeah.
2: And the Todd Bertuzzi trade and the uh, the Zdeno Chera trade. Oh, and-
1: that was that was like taking candy from a baby. Ottawa ran away with that one. Holy jeez! <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. oh, my gosh. Ottawa, speaking about the, uh, speaking about, I don't even know if I should say this. I was going to say, I could edit it. Who cares? The red-headed step-bastard child there, the old Ottawa Senators. Yep. Um, I really feel like everybody was thinking that this is going to be a little bit better year. And maybe in some ways it has been, but I don't know. Their their goaltending situation, their whole entire situation just seems like they they're there's a lot of question marks really on this season for them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But here's the thing with Ottawa, everybody knew that the team was going to finish last in the division, be at the bottom of the standings. But uh, what I'm taking away from this season for them is they're playing a lot, almost all of their good young talent (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're in every single game. They're one of the toughest teams to play against. They are. You got to claw your way to a win every night with these guys. And that's going to pay dividends a couple years down the line. So they're doing things the right way in developing their youth. Uh, The only question mark I really have is how much money is that cheap bastard Melnick willing to spend to keep this team together? Cause that's been, that's been the Achilles heel for this team is. Well,
1: I think the whole entire time is the ownership. Yeah. 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 But it's no different than like, when you when you hear about uh oh my goodness, why can't I think of his name? The owner of the Cleveland Browns, it's kind of like the same sort of deal. Like, you know, you just they they want that title of being an owner, yeah. but they don't want to put that money in to have a team. It's just like, I mean, it's no different than Harold Ballard, really, back in the 80s. It's just like, you know, I'm an owner of this team. Uh, what's that? No, I'll trade your butt before it. Like, like some of those trades that he made, like Jeff was it Russ Cortnell, Russ Courtnell for John Cordic. John Cordic. Like that was picking candy from. I know that was completely stealing candy from a baby. There, <laughs> Montreal Canadiens just yeah. sitting there, just like yeah, yeah, we got a great guy for you. Great guy. trading away Vincent danfoos Oh, dude, come on, no. stop it, stop it! <laughs> You're killing me here now.
2: <laughs> he was great. He was great. Yes, he was, especially in Montreal when he was holding that Stanley Cup over his head.
1: (laughs) Listen, man, 93 could have been totally different if they called that penalty on Wayne Gretzky for high-sticking Doug Gilmore. I've already said that. I don't know how many times. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I mean, I sound like a typical Leafs fan when I keep talking about this. Completely sound like one. Because you guys can rest your laurels on 93. It's at least, you know, Ups it's cup, not man. 67. It's not 67. It's like 93. It's a little bit more recent. <laughs> it's not that recent. That
2: was the year I joined the forces. That was a <laughs> long time ago.
1: <laughs> I still yeah, had but, my knees back then. <laughs> yeah, but you guys never let us, I mean, you, you never let us forget that. It's like, when's the last time Toronto won a cup? Yeah, okay. All right. Wasn't in my life. I have... It is true. I've
2: seen my team win in color. So there's that.
1: (laughs) So, okay. (laughs) So back to this officiating. I was shocked. I was shocked, okay? Because I always thought, no, these refs, if they mess up a call, they're going to make it up on the other end, just like, we'll we'll make a call up. You know, (laughs) we'll make a call up to make it even. But to actually get caught (laughs) on the mic saying that? Yeah. See, but that's the thing. Everybody
2: knows they do it. It is common knowledge that they do makeup calls. The only difference between Tim Peel before the hot mic and after the hot mic is that somebody heard him say it. Everybody yeah. knows that it's do- it's going on. It's the unwritten rule. It's still unwritten, but now it's it's out there. <laughs> And if you think he's the only referee that does that, I have a bridge to sell no, you. No, no,
1: no. It's so apparent when you see it happen, especially yeah. if you see like they blow a call, This it's just like, well, we're going to have to call it. And it will usually be something really questionable. And then you're there going, oh, well, I guess.
2: Yeah. I guess. There's By a the ton of ticky tack calls all yeah. year long throughout the NHL. It is terrible.
1: I mean, it's so funny because like the NHL, it's it's bad sometimes. I mean, I always like it when the refs put it away and let them play a little bit. The NFL, they've done that a few times. But you see the NFL, like the officiating, it seems like they're, they're just taking over the game. I mean, the dirty laundry just keeps coming out. It's like, whoa, guys, whoa. We could be calling penalties for everything. Everybody's doing a penalty. Everybody. It's like, geez, let's just calm down. This is egregious. You know, keep that dirty laundry in there.
2: Yeah but the difference between the nfl and the, NFL, the nhl is the head uh, the head official for the nfl when he's well, they're watching all the games at, in the headquarters mm-hmm. and they see a game that's why do we have 15 penalties on this game a phone calls made easier slow your old boys stop stop throwing the friggin' flags yeah. let them play so the the head of officiating takes over in a way and tells them ease up start calling it at this level and right. not at everything.
1: Right. So, not not the same in hockey?
2: God, no. The <laughs> the man who runs officiating in the NHL is Colin Campbell, who was caught in a oh. scandal back in 2010 sending out emails calling players dive artists and uh, yelling at referees for calling penalties against his kid. Like, he is <laughs> I completely <remember> this. biased.
1: <laughs> but he was also head coach of the New York Rangers as well, so
2: yeah. But when you have somebody who has that kind of history and they're running, the, the, he's the head of officiating, come on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Gary Bettman's been the commissioner since, I don't know, since Moses was a sailor. I don't know. It's like... Yeah,
2: around the time I joined the Navy, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean... <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, these guys got lifetime jibes there. I
2: mean. Sadly. Yeah. And if they want to recoup some of these losses from the pandemic... Those betting sites are the way to do it. And those betting sites aren't going to be paying a big ton of money right. for a league that can't control its officials.
1: That's crazy. Especially if you are looking at that betting site to know that the officials can really drastically change the outcome of the game. Yeah, yeah, you don't want that. Yeah. That's that's yeah, that's a black eye for sure.
2: Like if you uh if you want to see how an official can affect a game, go to scouting the refs. Uh, on Twitter or on uh, scoutingtherefs.com, mm-hmm. uh, they track all the referees for NHL games and they give yeah. you the record for these referees for each team. So the home team, wow. visiting team, wow. uh, individual teams. So you will know before the game starts okay, well, Chris Lee's refing. So this team's now going to get 15 penalties and the other one's going to get none. And then you watch the game and it ends up being pretty much what you'd expect.
1: Useful tool. Yeah. Wow. Wow, um, do you remember the NFC Championship game two years ago, where that pass interference was called there against New Orleans?
2: Oh, that and that fault that fake one there.
1: Yeah, yeah and yeah. then Los Angeles punches their ticket to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then uh, I believe the people in New Orleans wanted to sue the NFL for <laughs> having it ripped away from them. Yeah. So I mean, to me, Tim Peel is kind of like you know maybe not in that same grand scale, but definitely it's up there. And when you're thinking about what the NHL is trying to implement, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't play well into their whole entire no, no. <laughs> their whole entire story for that. Yeah,
2: and I don't know if it if this is an urban legend or not, but from what I have heard, the the uh, line judge who threw the flag on that. Uh, that penalty in the NFC game has not ref since. So <laughs> I'm
1: not I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I, would imagine, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be, I, I I would imagine. I would imagine. Um, hey, what was this story about soccer hooligans in England? You just got into there briefly. <laughs> there, I just I mean, I'm sorry. You you said something about this, it caught me by surprise. We were just about to go on, and I'm like, whoa, what do you mind? Uh, Going into this year,
2: that's yeah, an old, uh, it's an old uh port visit story. Oh, oh,
1: we all have those.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's one of the few I remember.
1: Oh, <laughs> I can tell you right now that I was supposed to go to Vimy Ridge in my first time in the Navy 2005, like that was already two years in. Um, I'm on my first deployment. Um, I'm out in was it Belgium? It was Belgium back then in 2005. We were supposed to go to take a train to Vimy Ridge to go over there. And uh, I had all intentions of doing this, but I got really hammed up the night before. And I don't even realize that I did this, but apparently I urinated in my shoes and I thought to myself, this is very good. I can't, I don't even remember this. I don't, I do not. So that was really the height of Well, the whole the height of the stuff I could talk about uh, without bringing any sort of like, besides, you know, it would just be complete and utter mockery of me. That's all. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I've never, I've never uh, used a bath, uh, gone to the bathroom in the mess. I've never gotten to that point. Pass out naked. Yes. (laughs) But,
1: uh, that's acceptable. You'd probably do that at home. (laughs) No. No, no, not even. No, not even. <laughs>
2: I I, I save those special moments for when I'm away in port.
1: <laughs> for other men. It's lovely. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or the men or men it's cheaper scared.
1: <laughs> so okay. So having said this now, there's only uh how many games are left now? It's like a little little over 20, eh? For the NHL, uh, yeah, there are boats. Yeah, where do you see the North Division playing out in? Do you see the way it is right now with one through four? Or Do you think that there's going to be a surprise coming? Uh,
2: it's it's definitely a four-team race with the Canadians being the outside mm-hmm. uh, outside horse in that four-team race. Um, they've got games in hand, mm-hmm. but you got to win your games in hand to be worth anything. Right. Otherwise games in hand are useless, Uh, but they have them. So there's the, the opportunity to catch up and it would basically put Montreal on even footing with everybody else. That's Um, crazy. Yeah. But my guess is Toronto is going to win the division. Yeah. And maybe it'll be Edmonton in the four spot.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: I think Winnipeg's going to end up second, Montreal third. So I think that it's really between Winnipeg and and Toronto for that one, two, Mm. and Montreal Edmonton for that three, four.
1: I'll tell you what, I don't know. I don't know what I fear more. Edmonton in the first round or Montreal in the first round. And uh, I'm not, my stomach don't think it could take Montreal. I mean, I can take Edmonton, but Montreal just because of all the, all the hype, all the, the, just the, the the whole entire pompous circumstance between those two teams. I don't think that my heart could take it because I'd be on there like you. You were you were a witness to it. I thought that hey, at least got this. It was a one nothing game. We're in the third period, a few minutes left. Hey, yeah, we got this. I Put it out there on Facebook. Yeah, we got you. Ha ha ha! Spanked you. Spanked you. And not even I regretted those words as soon as it left and went onto the social media there. And uh, next thing I know. I don't know how many fierce and v- like Montreal fans just like, you know, smack at me. Just smack at me left, right, and center. Yeah. I deserved it. <laughs> I kept mine subtle. I just,
2: hey, I bet you regret saying that now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you said that, and then you also said,
1: oh, boy, I'm really enjoying this page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Thanks, Blake.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I do
1: enjoy a little Schadenfreude every now and then. <laughs> I'll tell you what the Montreal scares me. They scared me in that first round.
2: Yeah. Edmonton's got the, uh, got McDavid, but uh Montreal's the, the narrative has been Montreal's built for the playoffs with all the big players. You know, you got Weber back there, Sherrod Edmondson, um, the depth they have in, in the in the lineup. There's no superstars, but when you can roll three, four lines that can probably get you a goal. That that's not easy to defend once you're in the playoffs. So yeah, yeah, I can see Montreal being a bit of a, a hard a hard out come playoff time. Yeah. But I don't know. That McDavid dry sidle pairing, that is
1: deadly. It is. That one two punch is just it's it's hard it's hard, yep. and that's the thing is that you know with Edmonton it's a war of attrition, and with Montreal, Carey Price can win that series for you. You know exactly, and that's and that's a scary prospect. It's like you're not talking about any old goaltender; you're talking about Carey Price. That that scares me. Yeah,
2: and for a team like Toronto who um, haven't won a playoff series in almost seventeen years. That's
1: not yeah yeah.
2: Yeah. And granted they did, they started the rest- they they started the rebuild about 5 6 years ago and they did it well. They did it right. And they've built themselves a, a solid team based on that. Mm. But this year if they don't win a playoff series, oh. that is a massive massive failure. At this point, I wouldn't be if I were the owner seeing this happen after 5 years of doing a rebuild, I wouldn't be I wouldn't have the staff that's there now. Wow.
1: Wow. That's crazy. That is crazy. And and you know what? You're absolutely correct. I think then you have to get rid of Dubas. You have to get rid of a few people there because well, it's back to the drawing board at that point then, you
2: know. For the most part, I mean, uh, the the down uh, if they do lose in the first round, the narrative's going to be they've overspent on forwards. If they win in the first round, even if those four forwards don't score anything in the first round, it'll be, Hey, it's a success.
1: Right. right. So, but you think, don't want to be losing. Yeah. I think they have to win the first round, but I think people will be a lot more palatable if they go deep in the playoffs, but yeah. Um, yeah. First round exit that I think, yeah, people will be just going for Kyle Dubas's head and Brandon Shanahan, probably at that point. It's yeah. Like, you know, that's I mean, the after gonna be rolling,
2: after what, two years of calling the, uh, the Maple Leafs true cup contenders yeah, and watching the hockey news put out, uh, article after article of, it's not how, it's not a question of, uh, if they'll win, but how many they'll win.
1: Yeah.
2: So if if you don't go deep, you don't win the North division in the playoffs and heck even make it to the final this year. That is not a good season for the Leafs. No,
1: no and that you know what you're exactly correct i mean it becomes then you know okay where where does the problem lie right because kyle dubas was originally brought in over a decade ago as an analytics guy and worked his way up into that gm position you had lou Lamarillo, i think is one of the greatest minds of hockey i don't know why he left i think he left because he likes challenges and islanders look like another challenge so i mean you know when they're doing it right over there but uh kyle dubas so far is indubitably (laughs) could have go down as a bad GM. I mean, not John Ferguson style, but you know, he's definitely not a,
2: I don't know, a bad GM. I don't know. One whose plan didn't really, for, for me, for, with Dubas, it's not that he can't make a good trade or scout good talent. I mean, he's very good at scouting talent. He's very good at making some trades, but he has been horrible at cap management.
1: Yes. Yes, because to me, I thought that whole entire Nylander problem that was easy to fix, you trade him because you already knew you had Austin Matthews and you had Mitch Marner that you had to deal with. So why are we dealing with this guy for seven mil a season?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think that started the whole ball rolling. Had he just not blinked in that game of chicken uh, and and not given in to Nylander, then that would have set the tone for uh, Matthews and
1: Marner and. Honestly, I mean you could have got return anyways. You could have got draft picks, could have got whatever. You know what I mean? So yep. yeah. Uh, it's it's now like you said, it's a coulda shoulda woulda. You can't happen, it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at least it's not it's not a uh, Russ Corton for John Cordick trade. So
2: no, and even if he does keep his job and he the likelihood is that he will, mm. um, he's got options to make trades in the offseason. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Neander traded. Uh, come come the off season to get a couple of pieces to fill in some depth. Maybe get another defenseman because some of those team friendly deals like uh, Riley's are going to be coming up very soon.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's top tier. Top he tier is defenseman. Yep. You know. Yep. Just to come off hockey for a little bit there. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions here. Uh, I sure. don't know how far we're going to be uh, from your safety zone. But uh, you sound like a pretty knowledgeable guy. Seem to pick up some things. Yeah. I'll do what my <laughs> wife does. I'll fake it. There we go. Fake it till you make it. All right. Uh, Blue Jays. Massive injuries is happening there. George Springer out for a few weeks. We just lost another pitcher there to Tommy John surgery just before the uh, home opener. What do you think their season's going to be like?
2: Well, uh, before all this stuff happened, they actually had a shot at winning their division.
1: That's right. Yeah.
2: But now, oh, it's it's gonna be they're gonna be in tough. Everything depends on how that bullpen steps up. Like they're gonna need that middle relief to take some of the heat off the uh, the starters,
1: I agree. especially the younger arms. Do you think that comes by way of trade? because I think the free agency market pretty much is staffed out now.
2: yeah, I think I think they're gonna have to start making some trades. They got some very, very good young talent, mm-hmm. a ton of prospects, mm-hmm. uh, some good young players. Maybe maybe start making some moves because they've they've picked up all kinds of outfielders. Uh, they spent a ton of money, so it's, it's time to start making room. And I mean, you you invest 150 million dollars into one guy, mm-hmm. you don't want to have some young guy you know breathing down his neck. So
1: absolutely not.
2: Yeah. Maybe time to move one of the younger outfielders, pick up a pitcher.
1: Yeah, because let's face it, that's what you cannot just be going to war bat for bat especially when you're playing the yankees or the uh the rays for sure yeah all right uh quick round here i wanted to ask you so nba tread trade deadline just came and went yeah um some big trades big names ended up making some moves uh aaron gordon being moved from uh orlando to uh oh my goodness i can't even remember right now this is terrible uh it was it was like one of the biggest ones i thought really atlanta? Ended up getting,
2: atlanta yeah
1: yeah so he gets no uh denver he goes to denver that's where he oh ended up, okay yeah yeah denver i remember that too to atlanta uh atlanta who did who went to atlanta that's a good question mm, i would say the name escapes me yeah it's crazy right now um I can't, I can't see it right now. I'll figure it out afterwards because I think Oladipo was there. I know the Bulls ended up getting Vucevic, which is uh, huge for them. Yeah. And um, what's his face there? Became a trailblazer, Norman Powell, which I knew. You know what? I knew Norman Powell was going to get moved. He's a $6 million guy now. He's going to be a $24 million guy in the offseason. Yeah. That guy is getting 40 points a game. Uh, assists. Uh, that team friendly contract was not going to be so friendly next season, yeah. you know? So for him to go over to um, uh, Trailblazers to Portland there with Dame Lillard uh, and Aaron Cotter, uh, McCollum, uh, Canton, I'm sorry, and Aaron Canton and uh, McCollum, it just makes them so much more better, you know, with that other shooting guard there in order to keep them going, right? Because Dame Lillard can't do it all. We end up getting Gary Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Really, the, the big thing is Gary Trent Jr. because he's still he's a restricted free agent. He's got a lot of upside. So we can keep him at a very friendly contract and still get some sort of point production, probably like the, the similarity to like what Norm Powell was two years ago, right? So it's not terrible. The big surprise is Kyle Lowry still on the books. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I fully expected him to be a moved uh, come trade deadline. I mean, such a big name, a star player like that could have uh, could have netted all kinds of return.
1: So here's the thing. I mean, I'm not upset as a Raptors fan that you have the number one Raptor to pl- they ever put on the uniform play still. But if you're a Lakers fan, a Clippers fan, a Heat fan, or a 76ers fan, are you mad at your organization for not doing everything you could to get Kyle Lowry yeah
2: yeah you know if I was a fan of another team and I'm looking at the biggest name player that was on the trade bait board not being picked up at all and from all uh from all the interviews afterwards no one was close
1: to getting him yeah so I would be upset It makes me wonder what Masai Ujiri is thinking and doing, you know what I mean, as far as it's concerned. He's a gambling man. You know he is, because when he make that deal in order to get uh, old Kawhi, uh, people were definitely like, great deal. I'll make that deal over and over again to get a championship. Absolutely. Hindsight's twenty twenty though, right? So what was he looking at there? It's like, obviously, he wanted the best for probably really the top 10 point guard in the NBA. That's yeah. just going to make your team that much better come the postseason. I mean, you're telling me that the Lakers couldn't use Kyle Lowry? Come on.
2: Yeah, no. Uh, had the Lakers gotten Kyle Lowry, they they would be a shoe into repeat at this yeah. point. Yeah. So, uh, I'm not sure what the demand was, and I know it would have to be very high. Uh, from everything I've heard, uh, Ujiri was talking about doing what's best for the Raptors, but also respecting Kyle's wishes. Mm -hmm. So maybe Lowry didn't want to move
1: during the season. So it's so weird, right? Because his house was up for sale. Like it was just like all the same things. You see all the smoke happening. It's like, you know, and everybody expected that this is his last game that we saw just before the trade deadline, then he's not moved. And like I said, to me, it makes no difference because with this new NBA playoff format you get that one game for play in if you're in 10th and you're in 9th why the heck i would do it why not yeah. why not you have a chance still to make the playoff that way on the outside chance you have your best player still in the lineup why not and then you get you try to integrate these new guys in there why not why not and then it all depends on – it's not the same as the decision was in 2010 when Chris Bosh and LeBron James all decided to, like, to come on to national TV and just like yeah, yeah, we're taking our talent to South Beach. And then, of course, all organizations, like both the organizations are Cleveland and Toronto, are sitting there scratching their head going, what? What just happened? You know what I mean? It, 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 Chris Bosh was young, still had a whole bunch of upside. Um, Kyle Lowry is really on the downside of his career. So you know he's not going to be giving up all that much as far as that's concerned. So to me, it's like, what's the plan? You know, <laughs> like what's the big plan on this? I guess we have to see it play out. Yeah, you know. Uh, one last question I wanted to ask you there because I know you got to go out there and head coach there, my friend. UFC coming up, championship fight. Stipe Miocic, Francis Ngannou, two monsters of men. Obviously, it's going to be a knockout.
2: <laughs> someone's <laughs> getting knocked out.
1: That's what I'm thinking. When you see that much of massive humanity going in there, what, I don't know how familiar you are with the UFC, but what, what's your gut instinct right now telling you?
2: My gut instinct part? saying, uh, if you haven't watched a pay-per-view UFC fight, this is the one to do it on.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause
2: uh, I don't know what's going to happen in that, in that match, but Oh my God! I want to watch this happen. I want this to go the distance, double knockout right at the end, oh, like Balboa <laughs> styles. <Yeah. laughs>
1: I'm I am so intrigued with both of them because they're both just massive masses of humanity. But Stipe just man, what a what a grounded individual that guy. He's still a firefighter in yeah. Euclid, Ohio, still out there doing that. I'm like, dude. Don't save me. Get ready for your match. What are you doing? <laughs> Don't bring the ladder up. What the? <laughs> well, he's thinking of his pension at <laughs> this point. <laughs> oh my and, gosh!
2: And it's the states, right? You need that health insurance. You know, if you get if you get a couple of teeth knocked out, yeah, the the firefighting thing will pay for some new ones. <laughs>
1: Not the not the millions of dollars you're making in the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> Say save, save your money. That's it. That's like the smartest advice right there. That's the smartest advice. Oh my gosh. Um, do you think there's gonna be a few more moves for Montreal coming up?
2: I think there's one more on in the works right now. Uh mm-hmm. I'm trying to nail down exactly who, but uh okay. yeah, I think there's gonna be one more move. My guess is a defenseman. The Canadians do need some depth there, but uh, who knows? Maybe uh, with Bergevin, it's uh, expect the unexpected. So maybe he picks up Ovechkin. Who knows?
1: Wow. <laughs> Listen <laughs> to this guy. Wow. <laughs>
2: Taylor Perhaps Hall would be
1: something. Yeah, Ovechkin. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor
2: Hall. Honestly, I hope not. Uh, yeah. I, as, as much as Taylor Hall is uh, beloved by the average fan. Um, I would avoid him. I mean, you can get similar point production out of lesser players and right. not have to pay the amount of money that you have to pay for him.
1: Insanity. I tell you. Yeah. Insanity. I mean, the thing is though, he's a streaky guy, right? Yeah. He's streaky in the scoring and everything, but if he gets hot, man, woo, eh. yeah, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Do you think PK Subban could be making a return? Yeah, I mean, he's on the trading block. At Montreal? (laughs) Yeah. No. No, No. not a chance. (laughs) Never again. (laughs) No, but
2: uh, honestly, I would love to watch it happen Mm. just to watch Twitter burn. It would be hilarious.
1: Man. Man, oh, man. I, I don't know what happened to that poor guy, man. I mean, he was like top defenseman. Then he gets traded over to Nashville. They go to the Stanley Cup final, right? They lose. Then... It's just been kind of on a progressive downhill slide since then.
2: Yeah. He's had injuries. That's what's been yeah. his problem. His injuries, he hasn't uh and the training he's done for in the off season kind of aggravated some of the issues with it. So he has back issues and neck issues and he was lifting a little too heavy and you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So yeah. this off season he changed his regimen a little bit and he looks way better. He does way better not 9 million
1: better, but way better. Yeah. That contract is uh, heavy, heavy to say the least, (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Blaine, it's been awesome having you. Hey, how about you just give a shout out of like where people could find and follow your stuff here?
2: Oh, sure. Uh, So as you mentioned in the intro, uh, I'm a staff writer, credential staff writer with uh, the hockey writers uh, recruits.ca, which is a pay site. So please subscribe. Uh, You can find me at Habs Unfiltered, which is the podcast that I share with my uh, co-hosts, Matt Smith and uh, Treg Wilson. Um, You can also, so you can find me on Twitter. Just search my name, Blaine THW. I'm on Instagram, same name. And check out Habs Unfiltered on all the same platforms, all under Habs Unfiltered. You can find me on all those platforms and uh, every now and then on uh, channels like Sportsnet or TSN.
1: Perfect. Perfect. You, uh, you wouldn't mind coming on again, maybe in the near future. More than happy to come back. I would like, I would love it. If it's, uh, Habs and Leafs, I would definitely like your, my first call for that postseason. season. I, I want your, I want your early analysis. All right. As
2: long uh, if it does happen, I'm gonna have to go buy my EKG or, uh, <laughs> the eight, the AED to get the heart. I
1: I hear you, buddy. I hear you. Hey, you've been great. Thank you so much for taking some of that time out there. I know you have a hockey game to get to. The coach. I appreciate this so much. Hey, everybody, follow us here at Guys Beer Sports. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, Guys Beer Sports. And you know, love hearing what you have to say. Thank you so much for your time and your and and following and your 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 viewership. And. If you're good at something and you could do it, do it well. If not, just keep doing it. And righto, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Peace.
0: You've listened to the podcast, but now it's time to visit us in our virtual sports bar. Get all of our info at guysbeersports.com, where you can find all the ways to connect with us watch for live conversations with brad and sean that happen throughout the week and join in with your favorite local beer you can share your thoughts in the conversation comments with your own uploaded videos or even join us as a guest live commentator the gbs virtual sports bar is open for business come on in boys
2: and girls